Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman and Michelle Foray, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. I have to say, I think today's episode is going to be one that so many of you are going to be like, yes, hallelujah. Thank you so much, because we are going to be discussing how to lesson plan like a pro. We're going to break down lesson planning so that it becomes more manageable and you can divide and conquer. But before we move on, Michelle, what has been your time sucking hurdle for this week? I know this might surprise you, but it has not been anything school related. Instead, I've been in spring cleaning mode, even though it's not spring, it is still winter, but I've just gotten into it early. I am wanting to purge everything at home. I'm wanting to clean out my closet. I'm wanting to clean out my basement. I'm wanting to clean out my end table drawer, like any little thing. I'm like, I have to go through it and I have to throw stuff away. And that's fantastic in terms of the cleanliness of my house, but it is not fantastic for me getting other things done. It's funny because I was actually supposed to be lesson planning the other day and I was laying down. I told Trent, I said, oh, I have so much to get done. And I was like organizing my Google Drive. Thanks to you, Michelle. I just want to say it. You're welcome for that one. But before we jump too far into this, Bridget and I have some super exciting news. Such exciting news. I am so happy about this. We are going to be hosting a live event. That means Bridget and I together in person, in the flesh, we are going to be giving you all a full day of top PD. That means PD focused on time management, organization, and productivity. This will be happening on Saturday, March 28th at Heritage Hills Resort in York, Pennsylvania. It's going to start at 9 a.m. and go all the way until 4 p.m. So Bridget, how about you tell them what all is included? Well, guys, it's top ED. So it's going to be all about helping you master that productivity. So we have the day broken down into four different sessions. And we also have a Q&A at the very, very end of it. And you can ask us anything. We are truly open books here. Like, anything. All right. So let's talk about those four sessions. Session one is going to be taking control of that time management. Session two is going to be all about optimizing your organization. Session three is becoming a master of productivity. And session four is going to be one of my favorites. I'm really excited about this because it's like a make and take. We are going to help you create your top weekly schedule. Now, I know you're probably sitting there and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to go see Michelle and Bridget. And I don't blame you. So here's how you do it. You can head over to teachingonthedouble.com and then click on come see us live. You're going to see more information there about the event and then also see a way to purchase tickets. Now, you can go that way or if you want to be a little bit quicker about it, you can go to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store to be able to gain access to the exact same information. Now, we also have something super duper special for those of you that are like, but I want more. Yes, we do. We actually have two different ticket options available. You can purchase a general admission ticket, which will grant you access to those four sessions that Bridget already described, or you can go the extra step and you can purchase a 
VIP ticket. That VIP ticket includes those same four sessions, but you will get preferential seating in the front of the room so you can be as close to us as possible. And you also will get access to a bonus session after the main event ends. That 90 minute bonus session will take place from 4.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. We will go to a private room. We'll enjoy some appetizers. You'll get some more one-on-one time with Bridget and I in just a smaller setting with other VIP members. Keep in mind that these tickets are limited. Once they sell out, that is it. So make sure that you head on over to our website to secure your ticket today. Now, we are also going to leave a link down in the show notes so that you can learn more about this event. And guys, we would love for you to come and see us. We are so excited to meet you all in person, and we hope to see you there. Now back to the episode. Now, what if I told you that cleaning out your closet is actually very similar to how you should be lesson planning? Ooh, girl, tell me more. Okay, so when it comes to cleaning out your closet, it's a big task, right? There's a lot involved with it. You have to go through your clothes and figure out what fits. You have to figure out what's ratty and needs to be either thrown away or donated. You have to go through and put items back in the right spots and you have to fold things. There's a lot to it. And as a result, you end up putting it off because it's such a big item on your to-do list. You feel like you never have time to get it all done at once. And so you never end up starting it. Oh, absolutely. And when you really think about it, These big tasks take a lot of time and lesson planning is one of those. And we just don't have a lot of time in the day to be able to get it all done. But when we take those big tasks and we're able to break them into smaller chunks, it makes it a little bit more manageable. Please tell me I'm not the only one that does not like the word chunks. Is this like that word? moist Moist. (laughs) that everyone hates. (laughs) Yep. I definitely don't like that one either. Now you're right. Lesson planning is a big to do, but it's actually a project. It's not just one to do item. It's a project. So let's start by defining for our listeners what a project actually is. A project is a larger task that has to be broken down into smaller pieces. And when we understand that lesson planning is a project, we can approach it with a very different perspective than we would with a normal to-do list. And we also need to understand that projects have a process. And with reoccurring projects, we would have the same exact process every week. But this process that we're going to discuss not only works for the reoccurring ones, but it works for those one-time projects as well. You all know that we love lists. So of course, we're going to give you a list of seven steps. Keep in mind, like Bridget said, these steps can be used when completing any project, whether it's a one-time project or a reoccurring project. But for the sake of today's episode, we're going to use lesson planning as an example. Now, these steps are very simple. We like to keep it simple. Have you ever heard that saying, Bridget, kiss, keep it simple, stupid? If not, you've heard it now. I've heard it now. Okay. So step number one is to define your end. So this takes me back to when we were getting our teaching degrees. The good old days. Oh, girl, yes, the good old days. But when we were getting our degrees, they would often tell us that we needed to have our objectives. We needed to have the very clearly defined standard objectives of what the students needed to be able to accomplish. Now, y'all, I don't use big, huge standard objectives because those last me like a month and a day. But I do use learning targets. And those learning targets really allow me to have a very clear picture of what 
what it is that I need my students to be able to accomplish within that week. Now, my administrator recently shared at a staff meeting this phrase, paint it done. It comes from the book, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. We will link it for you down in the show notes. It's all about leadership. And we as teachers are leaders for our students. Our students are almost like our team. So if we're giving them an assignment or a project, we have to paint it done, which means we have to show them what the end result should look like. That way they know what they're working toward and it helps them to understand your expectations. Well, the same thing is true for our lesson planning. We need to define our end. We need to decide what does it look like when we're fully done lesson planning, whether that means you have fully written out plans or you have a slideshow ready to go or you have all your materials stacked up. You have to decide what your end looks like. That is a fantastic explanation of that. And so when we have that picture and we're done with that, then we need to move on to step two, which is to set your deadline. Now, this is where you need to decide when do you want to have your lesson plans done. This needs to be a hard deadline. There is no wiggle room. So if you say, I want to have it done Friday before you leave school, then that's when you need to have it done. And we're going to give you all some tough love because as we say, everybody needs tough love. Absolutely. You have to hold yourself accountable because ultimately when it comes to getting your lesson plans done, you're kind of your own boss. Now, I do know that some teachers are required to submit lesson plans by a certain day. And honestly, that's going to make your life easier. It is a blessing, even though it may not seem like it. But If you're not in that situation, you have to hold yourself accountable and be your own boss. If you set a deadline, you have to stick to it. I don't care what you need to do to make it happen. You need to stick to that deadline. And I know this sounds strict. It's probably tough to hear. Okay, that's why it's called tough love, just to let you in on a little secret. But if you do hold yourself accountable and you force yourself to stick to that deadline, you will end up being more productive during the times that you're working on completing the project because you know that you have to have it done and there's no excuses. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we have our deadline And we have a very clear picture of what our lesson planning needs to look like by the end of that deadline. Now we can move on to step three, which is one of my favorites. It's called the brain dump. We are a huge fan of brain dumps. I I love it. Now, with a brain dump, this is where you need to get all the tasks that you need to have completed for your lesson plans down on paper. Or if you choose to do this in a digital format, you can do it in a digital format. But I think for this exercise, we're going to ask that you try to stick to just putting it on a piece of paper and really allow for a good amount of time to be able to take all of the tasks out of your brain and onto that piece of paper. So you can set a timer and sit down somewhere where you are not distracted. So put your computer, turn it off, turn your phone off, put it on airplane mode, and just get yourself in the zone. And let's just clarify for a second. When we say get all the tasks down, we're referring to tasks related to that project. We're not talking about taking your dog out for a walk or going to the grocery store. We're talking about all the tasks that are specifically related to that project. 
that is a fantastic reminder to give us all when it comes to specifically this lesson planning project. So let's give out some examples really fast. So for instance, a morning meetings, I need to plan out more morning meetings. So maybe that's a task for my lesson planning project. Also making sure that my small groups are planned out, my anchor charts are made, or any math manipulatives are pulled out and ready to go for my lessons for the next week. Yes. And I will say it's helpful to be in that space, such as your classroom, when you're doing this brain dump. That way you can look around and suddenly your mind just becomes sparked with all of these other tasks that are part of the project that you may not have thought about if you were at home on your couch trying to do this brain dump. I like to think it's kind of like anchor charts. When you hang anchor charts up in your classroom, your students get very used to looking in that direction to be able to reference them. And then suddenly if you have to take it down for a big assessment, their eyes will still go to that same spot in your room and And even though the chart isn't there, sometimes it helps to just jog their memory just by looking in that spot. Now, when you're going through this exercise, don't worry about being neat or organized. You're looking right at my soul right now. I feel like this is targeted specifically at me. Oh, girl, I kind of am because we all know that Michelle tends to be a little bit of a perfectionist. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. (laughs) But when you're going through this, just try to get it done. The whole reason why it is called a brain dump is that it's not going to look absolutely perfect the first time. So done at this moment is better than perfect. And then once you have it done, you're going to realize that you're going to be missing some things. I mean, it happens. The first time that I went through this exercise, I think it took me a good two or three different tries to make sure that I had all of the different elements that are in within my lesson plans written down on paper. So it's okay to come back and revisit and fine tune it every week. And especially if this is for one of those reoccurring projects, once you go through and you make that brain dump, you're not going to have to do it every single time. So we know that brain dumping seems like something kind of extra. And you're probably thinking, yeah, but I don't have time for that. Like, I can just skip this step. You can't. Okay, you can't skip this step. It will end up saving you time. Taking time to plan ends up making your life easier later on. Just trust us on this one. Now, keep in mind that as you are creating a list of tasks for this particular project, these tasks are later going to become your to-dos. So once you have your brain dump, then you are ready to go into step four, which is to create a list of materials. Now, let's be clear here. These are the materials that you need to lesson plan, not the materials that your students will necessarily need when they're actually participating in the lesson, but this is what you need in order to get that lesson planning done done or the project done because that project may not be lesson planning. And it's really convenient to create this list so that the next time you complete the project, you can go back and reference it and make sure that you have everything you need when you're ready to get started because it's so time consuming to constantly get up, go get more materials, you sit down, you get comfy, and right as you're about to be productive, you realize you forgot something. It becomes 
a time sucking hurdle. Oh, it absolutely does. And so a lot of the times I would think of this as if I was planning for my ELA small groups, I would then need to have maybe my standards book. And then I would also maybe need to have a Harcourt book if you have some sort of a program that you use within your your district. Or maybe I also wanted to have my theme book because I wanted to incorporate any sort of theme that we were focusing on for that week. So I would have to have all of those different materials just for planning my ELA small group. So it is very useful to have a list of those materials off to the side. So once you have created that list of materials, you're ready for step number five. And step number five is to group related tasks together, which is better known as batching. Girl, this is like your jam. This is totally my jam because once I started batching, I suddenly found so much extra time in my day, in my week, in my month. And it's one of those things that I wish I had started doing sooner. It's literally your light at the end of the tunnel. It is. So let's talk a little bit about why it's important to group related tasks together. There is brain science. Now, I don't have all the statistics and the research, but if you're interested, you can go look it up or you can just trust us. Your brain works best when it works on similar activities because every time you switch tasks, your brain has to kind of regroup and almost reset and refocus on the new task at hand. And so many teachers will say, yeah, but I'm a pro at multitasking. I can multitask. And my question to you would be, are you multitasking or are you just task switching? Are you jumping from one task to another? Ooh, I love that. Do you want me to go into a little more detail? Yes, please. Okay. When it comes to actually multitasking, that means you're doing two different tasks at the same time. For example, if you're walking and texting, which I don't recommend, but you could also be walking and talking on the phone. That's actually two tasks at the same time. But most people, when they're referring to multitasking, they're actually just task switching. So you spend a couple minutes checking your email and then you open up a new tab and you're trying to lesson plan for a few minutes, but then you're like, oh, well, I need to go look up this in my curriculum. So you go do that. You're actually task switching and that's making it harder on your brain. So no one so many of us are exhausted at the end of the day. Let's stop task switching, everybody. Let's stop task switching. I love it. In order to get started with this concept of batching, you need to take your tasks, or we can also consider them as to-dos that we took time to brain dump, and you need to group them together by likeness. Now, for me, I group them together by subjects. I teach all subjects, so it just makes it easier on my brain. So for instance, I will do my morning meetings on a Monday. On Tuesday, I'll do my math. On Wednesday, I will do my ELA. And then on Thursday, I will do my content. I used to plan that way when I taught second grade and I was teaching all of the subject areas, but now I teach fourth grade and I am semi-departmentalized. I teach two subject areas, math and ELA. And thank goodness my one team teacher and I, who I love dearly, we've taught together the past three years, we have finally gotten on the same page where we can divvy up the lesson planning. That is fantastic. It is a huge time saver and it just makes my life so much easier. So she will plan math for a week while I plan ELA. And then the next week we will flip flop. So instead of grouping my to-dos by subject, I'm actually grouping it by task. So for example, I will make all of my slides. I do teach 
all of my lessons through Google Slides and I will spend time making all of those. Then I will make all of the copies and so on and so forth. And for me, that works really well. But for Bridget, she needs to plan by subject and that's okay. It's not about doing exactly what we're doing. It's just about finding a system that works for you. So our question to you is, how are you going to group your tasks together? Now, once you have finished organizing your tasks into likeness, whether it is by task or by subject, then you are ready for step six. And this is finding the time to batch. Y'all, I feel like this is the hardest part for me because I am a mama. I have two boys and Blaine is a doer. Like he absolutely loves to have soccer practice and he loves wrestling. Ian is in chorus. So I am constantly going from one place to another to another and my week is really, really busy. So I have to be able to identify when do I have these chunks of time in order to be able to get my tasks accomplished. Yes. Now we're not going to go into full detail here because next week we're going to have an entire episode dedicated to batching because it is that important to us. But it's important to keep in mind that some batches will take longer than others. For example, creating my slides takes a lot longer than making copies. So it's important when you're looking at your schedule and you're trying to find that time to be able to pick a time that's going to fit the batch. Ooh, pick a time to fit the batch. I love that. So now you're ready for step seven, and this is to monitor your progress. Use some sort of a checklist in order to be able to keep track of those dones and those to-dos that you have. And this actually serves multiple purposes. It is important to keep track of what you're getting done, and it's important to know what you still have to do, but monitoring your progress is also going to increase your motivation because as you see items getting checked off, you're going to be more motivated to continue working and getting more things done. And you're going to be closer to your end goal of finishing your project or getting your lesson planning done. Now let's review the steps. Step one is to define your end. You need to have a very clear picture of what the end looks like for you. Step two is to set your deadline. When do you want to have your project finished by and create a hard deadline? Step three is to brain dump. Think about all of the different tasks that you need to have completed. And for lesson planning, this might mean that you have to come back and revise and revisit some of these tasks to make sure that you are up to date. Step four is to create a list of materials. What are those materials that you're going to need for those individual tasks in order to meet your end goal? Step five is to group related tasks together. Now, they can be grouped based off of tasks or they might be based off subjects. Step six is to find the time to batch. Determine what chunks of time you have available within your week and how long individual tasks are going to take and be able to fit those in accordingly. Step seven is to monitor your progress using some sort of a checklist. Now, this is way easier if you have an organizer to help you. So y'all know we've got you covered. We have created a project planning organizer that will take you through these seven steps. You can head over to our website at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash 007 to be able to download that freebie. 
And if this episode has motivated you to be even more productive, because we totally hope that it has, we have another freebie for you. We have actually created a PDF guide of seven ways to jumpstart your teacher productivity. Y'all, these are things that you can start doing right now and you will start seeing results right away. So be sure to head over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com, right on the homepage. You will see it and you can go and download it right now. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.